It's Sunday morning. Time for some jazz. I've got a full cup of hot coffee here on the go. And five songs and stories with five featured artists as per the standard operating procedure for our Sunday jazz. I hope you're feeling good this Sunday morning. I know I certainly am. Trying to iron out some computer technical glitches here. and Things seem to be working a little bit better. You know how sometimes the gremlins can get into the system and really make a mockery of things. That's okay. We'll get it all smoothed over before the day is done. So I hope you're ready for some soothing words and cool jazz. Let's start this show off, shall we? This is the first release of the upcoming album, Other Worlds, by Sound Prince. Joe Lovano and Dave Douglas. Scheduled for release on the 7th of May. So a few weeks away. This uh, cut was released on Wednesday this past week. I hope you enjoy this as much as I do.
Pythagoras by Sound Prince from their upcoming album Other Worlds to be released on May 7th of this year. Now the group originally got together, the quintet, originally got together in 2012. And most of their music is largely based around the works of the late saxophonist Wayne Shorter. Of course, the uh, band features um, pianist Lawrence Fields, bassist Linda May Hano, drummer Joey Barron, along with, of course, Joe Lovano on sax, and Dave Douglas on the trumpet. Dave Douglas is a very accomplished musician, has been recording and releasing albums since, well, 1984. His co-band leader in other worlds, Joe Lovano, Joseph Salvatore Lovano, a wonderful Italian name that is, he has been featured on almost 200 recordings and during the course of his career. He's been active since uh, the early 70s. Music, well... It basically started his life. His uh, father, Tony Big T. Lovano, well, he started to expose him to jazz throughout his early life, teaching him the standards as well as how to lead a gig, pace a set, and be versatile enough to find work. He started studying at the age of six on alto sax, and at the age of 11 he switched to tenor sax. John Coltrane, Dizzy Gillespie, Sonny Stitt were all of his major early influences. Quite the accomplished musician. As I said, he has almost 200 recordings to his name and has been a leader and a sideman with a literal who's who of the jazz world. Recording with some greats such as uh, Yosuke Yamashita, McCoy Tyner, Tommy Smith, Lonnie Smith, John Schofield and Chris Potter, just to name a few. The man can play. And I think, quite honestly, this new record, which I've yet to hear the entire thing because, as I said, it has not been released yet, but I am looking forward to it by this sort of little teaser of a hint of what is to come from this album. Again, largely inspired by the music of iconic saxophonist and composer Wayne Shorter. Okay, so, sticking with new jazz, because I thought I'd have a little bit of fun with that this morning, I want to play, and I'm going to play, um, a cut released just this past Friday from an EP released just this past Friday from a Danish trio, Gathering in Jazz. From the EP Southern Breeze, this composition is titled Ask Me Later. Thank you. 
past Friday, that's Gathering in Jazz. Spectacular musicians from Denmark, led by Klaus Waitlow, one of the most respected musicians in all of Denmark for the better part of the last two decades. Gathering in Jazz is largely a playground for Klaus and three of his friends, uh, Anders Morgensen on the drums, Heine Hansen, piano, and Kasper Tegel on the bass. All three incredibly accomplished musicians. And this release was kind of a surprise as it was unexpected. Which, quite frankly, I think is pretty cool. But that's me. You can find them, of course, on the Spotify. And this new album, new EP, I should say. total of uh, six cuts. Uh, five cuts, my apologies. Five cuts. And, um, well much in the same milieu of what you just heard. They have a total of, um, I think, five albums in total? Let me just check my notes here. Uh, three albums, my mistake. Only three albums. Uh, two released in 2020, and of course this latest one, the EP, released in uh, just this past Friday. So some new jazz, and I'm going to play some old jazz shortly. These guys have... Well, Klaus, Klaus, um, young, he's only a year older than me, so he's 54, and being that he's Danish, he looks like he's about 42, which means he's got a fabulous full head of hair and none of it is gray. Something about the Danes and just living a happy life. Maybe it's the whole, you know, socialism thing? I don't know. Mere speculation on my part. He studied at the Rhythmic Conservatorium in Copenhagen, where he studied modern composition as well. He has eight albums as a leader, and several as a sideman. One of the most highly respected musicians, like I said, in Denmark. He was originally an alto saxophonist, but switched today to uh, tenor work, which is really where he's excelled, along with his... Uh, his good mate, uh, Anders Morgensen, jazz drummer extraordinaire from Denmark, who is a few years older, but has uh, nevertheless been teaching and playing for the last 25 years. He's taught workshops and clinics all throughout Europe, the United States, Japan, and Brazil. One of the great accomplished musicians of his time. And bass player, Kasper Tegel, playing the stand-up bass, well, one of the youngest members of the band. He's either teaching or writing or performing. Very accomplished individual, of course. Uh, not a lot of information on the band, unfortunately, as sometimes I find that um, the Danes especially tend to keep to themselves. I could find almost no information on, uh, on their um, pianist. I don't know why that is, but... Uh, uh, Heine Hansen, piano player. Can't really find a great deal of info on him. They do, of course, have a page on Spotify, and each member does have their own respective web page, so if you care to look them up, feel free. I quite like their music. Uh, 
And I find the Danish jazz is sort of the smooth, cool vibe that I'm always looking for. All right. Let's step back in time, shall we? I want to play a cut now, and I'm going to, because that's what this show is all about, right? Music? <laughs> My apologies. I'm, I'm having a moment here. I realized I'm out of coffee, and I'll need to pour another cup right after I start this song. This is Stolen Moments from Mr. Oliver Nelson. Thank you. 
from the landmark 1961 album, The Blues and the Abstract Truth. Jazz saxophonist extraordinaire, the late Oliver Nelson. Recorded in February 1961 at the Van Gelder Studio in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Known as one of his greatest and most acclaimed albums. Featuring the set piece, Stolen Moments, the one you just heard. It has since become an absolute jazz standard, for obvious reasons. And I've no doubt you've heard that cut in the past, as it's been featured in films and television shows throughout the decades. Of course, that band was a literal who's who of jazz at the time. Freddie Hubbard on the trumpet, Eric Dolphy, alto saxophonist and flautist on Stolen Moments, Oliver Nelson, of course, band leader, tenor saxophonist, and alto saxophone. George Barrow, baritone sax. Bill Evans on piano. Paul Chambers on the bass. And the great Roy Haynes on drums. Rudy Van Gelder, production extraordinaire on that record. The album has come to be known as um, one of the greatest of all time. It was voted number 333 in the third edition of Colin Larkin's all-time top 1,000 albums. The composition, Stolen Moments, is, well, it's been recorded and performed by a number of musicians, not all of them known as jazz musicians. The late great Frank Zappa has a recorded version of the song. Of course, Lee Rittenauer has recorded it along with Turtle Island Quartet. Brilliant piece of music from one of the great jazz albums of all time. Sadly, uh, Oliver Nelson passed away in 1975 at the very tender age of 43 due to a heart attack. Absolute tragedy as he had a lot more music in his soul, certainly, as evidenced by what you just heard. His final studio album was ironically titled Stolen Moments, recorded in 1975. Rather poignant, I guess. The one that brought him his fame was the last one he ever recorded. The lead-off song, of course, was Stolen Moments from the album Stolen Moments. Tragic story, a life cut far too short. There were lyrics written in 1978 by singer Mark Murphy for that song. I have heard it once, and it's not that it isn't good. I just didn't care for it. I mean, why would you repaint the Mona Lisa, right? I think you should leave it be. If you want to record a version of the song, that's fine, but augmenting it and putting lyrics to it, I don't care for that. But that's me. A little-known fact about uh, Mr. Nelson was that he had moved um, to Los Angeles in 1967 uh, as basically a, a means to an end. He wanted to be near the television and movie industry, and he began composing background music for TVs and film. Some of his TV projects include Ironside, Columbo, The Six Million Dollar Man, and Night Gallery. Films that he scored were Death of a Gunfighter, Skullduggery, Zigzag, 
And he arranged Gato Barbieri's music for the Bernardo Bertolucci, Marlon Brando film, Last Tango in Paris. He arranged and produced albums for a number of pop stars, such as Nancy Wilson, James Brown, The Temptations, and Diana Ross. This album, coincidentally, was always thought of the one that helped him to later form his career as an arranger. It sort of gave us a hint of what was to come as he began to arrange for, well, a who's who of music. The late great Oliver Nelson. I'm going to feature something from the great uh, jazz, classical composer, pianist, and musical educator, recorded in 1978. From the album My Song, this is Keith Jarrett, with a composition titled Questar.
Jarrett from the album My Song, released in 1978. Recorded in 77, released in June of 1978. This was with his European quartet, as he had uh, moved on to Norway and began working with a trio of musicians, Jan Garbarek, Pale Danielson, and Jan Christiansen. Jan and Pali are still very much alive and performing throughout Norway. Johan Christensen passed away in February of 2020. He was a magnificent jazz drummer. Of course, uh, Nils Paul Pale Danielsen is a Swedish, Swedish, Swedish jazz double bassist. Originally from Stockholm, from 74 to 79, he was a member of the quartet. Of course, Keith, uh, Keith Jarrett had to stop performing in February of 2018 after he suffered from a stroke. Just a few months later in May, he suffered from a second stroke, which left him partially paralyzed and unable to play with his left hand. He's, well, rather troubled by this, of course, as, as one would be when you've been had your, your reason taken away from you. He said, you know, even though he's regained uh, some limited ability to walk with a cane, and he can play with his right hand, as his left side is uh, partially paralyzed, he's, he's not expected to perform again. He was quoted in October of 2020 in the New York Times as saying, I don't know what my future is supposed to be. I don't feel right now like I'm a pianist. Terribly, terribly sad. As... He's young enough to continue performing, and were his health in a different state, I'm, I'm sure, at, you know, at the age of 75, he could easily perform for a number of decades. I mean, Dave Brubeck performed well into his 90s, but when a stroke takes away your ability to play, you can really destroy a person. His discog- discography is massive, as he has... Uh, well, master uh, a number of recordings, about 200, I believe, all told, as both a leader and a sideman. He played all over the world, and, well, his music stands the test of time, without question. My song being a spectacular album. A mere two years before this album was recorded, as it was recorded in 1977 and released in 78. Uh, he played at uh, the Opera House in Cologne, Germany. It's known as the Korn Concert. Jazz improvisation on his piano. It's a double vinyl album, released in 1975. Became the best-selling solo album in jazz history and the best-selling all-piano album of all time. Sold more than three and a half million copies and told, which is pretty monumental for a totally instrumental album. Critics had heavily praised the album My Song, literally falling over themselves to give it a five-star review. Jazz critic and music historian Ted Gioia rated it 99 out of 100, and he had this to say about the album, and I quote, 
when Keith Jarrett left behind his highly esteemed American quartet for a new band of Norwegians, the jazz world was puzzled and a little bit skeptical. Yet this group, the so-called European Quartet, produced some of the most successful music of Jarrett's career. and had a very big seller with the My Song album. Well, I think that sums it up rather succinctly, don't you? I recommend that you uh, cut, a, cut aside some time in your week, if you can, and sit back and listen to the entire album from start to finish, with no interruptions, as jazz is not meant to be interrupted. I hope you listen to this show in the same manner as I'm trying to give you an escape from the world for, you know, 60 minutes at a time. We all need that little escape. Reality can become increasingly difficult as the days and weeks and months stretch on during this global pandemic. I don't mean to wax too poetic, but I think any time one can escape for a little bit, even if it's only for an hour a day, can help bring you peace of mind. And that's my goal. That's what I want to do for you. So for today's final selection, I have a composition from the 1965 album, song from my father from the late great Horace Silver, I think you'll appreciate this. I know I certainly do. This is Lonely Woman, the remastered 1999 version, remastered by the great Rudy Van Gelder himself for absolute, utmost sonic clarity. Thank you. 
65 album, Song for My Father, the hard bop classic the album is. That's Horace Silver with Lonely Woman. Of course, Horace Silver passed away in 2014 at the age of 84. The last seven years of his life, he'd suffered from Alzheimer's. Sad end to a great life from a great musician, but he did have a long and fruitful life. And we can be thankful for the compositions he left us behind. Lonely Woman, the final track on the original recording. Song from my father. Scott Yano from All Music has uh, written an entire essay on hard bop. And he says this is one of the most essential hard bop recordings. I can't argue with that. Not for a second. It's just a spectacular recording from start to finish. Now, the remastered and reissued version in 1999 has an additional four songs on it. You can find them all on Spotify, Deezer, and possibly Tidal, but don't quote me on that as I've not used that service as of yet. No particular reason, I just... There's only so much one can pay for on a monthly basis, right? So I hope you've enjoyed today's show, despite my uh, quirks, as I've had several technical issues today. Sometimes that happens. I've tried to make my way through them, and I, I hope it wasn't too convoluted for you. I do like to be honest in my recordings so that I give you everything that I record. Of course, I will edit out a cough or a sneeze or a knock at the door, as sometimes occurs. But I, I wish to be as transparent as possible. And I just had to pause for a sneeze fit. <laughs> okay. Well, 
I'll be back again next Sunday, maybe sooner in the week, with another jazz show for you. Whenever the uh, opportunity strikes me, I like to put something together. And if you like to follow the main show, Songs and Stories, we're up to volume 88. And I should have that show recorded and uploaded sometime later today, as I'm still working on a few things here and there. Long format shows take a great deal more work than the uh, simple one-hour production does. Okay, that is it for today. Wherever you are in this world, I hope you are happy. And if you're not happy, let's work together to make this world a better place so everybody can have an opportunity to be happy. I hope I've brought you some peace and solace today. Until we meet again, my friends, take care. Bye.